0: Hello everyone, I'm Al Deldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. Val McCarty is in the business of helping organizations visualize, communicate, and execute strategy in real time. Her studies were acquired at both University of Alberta and Grant McEwan University and encompassed Management, Education and Human Services with an aim to continue learning. Her previous experience includes the financial sector, fitness sector and early childhood education. When Val is not at work, you can find her outside with her grandkids or looking forward to the next live jam. Now let's join Val as she chats with Ken King who shares that AI can actually figure out how you really feel. Val, the mic is yours.
1: So welcome all listeners to the Rainforest Podcast. So today I get to interview and chat with Ken King. He is from a company called Boost Innovations. And so Ken started Boost Innovation in order to change the way that culture is measured and developed in the workplace and sports settings, permanently impacting the performance and wellness of everyone involved beyond what survey data and other tools currently provide is something that he has a steadfast commitment to. In addition, he is an experienced, talented developer, mentor, analyst, and coach with a demonstrated history of working in the higher education industry he has demonstrated skill in training culture analysis building coaching curriculum design and more in addition he has years of leadership experience in both the public and private sectors so with that sort of introduction hang on listeners he might be your new best friend <laughs> welcome welcome ken
2: thank you for having me that's that introduction is i i can't, I didn't even remember half of that stuff. So uh, it you know, a little, little confidence boost in some of the stuff that I'd done that I kind of forgot about.
1: Nice, nice. That's what it should be. That's what it should be. So just to start off our conversation and kind of let our listeners know a little bit about your beginnings, who you are. So your youth, you know, sort of chat about the, the what, why and how of Ken King.
2: Well, yeah, if I if I go back to my youth, it's it's. Uh, Kind of reminds me of a time where I never thought I would be doing any kind of startup or entrepreneurship. And I know that's kind of a, another question that we're going to talk about. But it, I grew up and was born in Ontario. Hopefully, nobody, as they hear that, is booing on their side of the on their side of the podcast. But like you and I were talking about, I am a Lease fan, so every year I get to watch the first round of the playoffs and then nothing else. But I, I grew up in Ontario wanting to be a teacher and a basketball coach, and I did that for years, almost a decade, including college, university coaching, and I'm still really connected to basketball. But growing up in Ontario with two great parents, two of my best friends in the world and and a younger sister, and it it really was all just about being able to try new things and explore and learn and never felt like I had to go down one path and never felt like I couldn't go down any path. And I think that's kind of how I ended up here today it was just by being raised in a house with parents and a family and and, and teachers around me who fostered that kind of that kind of interaction with the world where where nothing was discouraged or encouraged overly it was all just about me identifying what i was most passionate about and then chasing that
1: That's great. That's great. Everyone should have that sort of support behind them. So was your father an entrepreneur or did you just sort of, they just fostered and encouraged that entrepreneurial mindset, I guess?
2: I I always get emotional when I talk to my parents just because I don't don't see them as often as I would like. and, And, my dad is not an entrepreneur, neither is my mom. My dad works in the trades. He's a power lineman and my mom works in human resources, which is definitely where I get some of those aspects of what we do. But my dad, even though he's been in the trades his whole life, he's, he's the best teacher I've ever known. He has no formal training at all in, in teaching and education, but that there's just nobody like him on the planet that I've ever met who can make you feel like you can accomplish anything and, and build your confidence up and, and always just make you feel empowered to learn even if you make mistakes and fail so
1: yeah who wouldn't want that and so I could really see how you were almost developed (laughs) to do what you're doing now do you know what I mean (laughs) developed is the wrong word but you know what I mean nurtured I guess I should say so uh, tell us a little bit about what you're up to these days
2: yeah uh, well boost innovation is is it's going strong it's been going strong through the pandemic we weathered it and, and like many it wasn't easy and we had to do some some pivots and other things to, to be able to stay established but we're actually in year five from when i originally created the original version of the company which did totally different stuff in the sense that we weren't involved in tech at all but the tech pivot happened just before the pandemic and now we're we're hoping to close on our seed raise which is a pretty significant one here by the end of june um which would give me a nice summer vacation not vacation but summer present if we are able to close on that round. And now for us, it's it's just about building our, our tech, building both our software and and potentially even a hardware component that, that allows us to measure human behavior in unique ways that, that are impactful for everyone.
1: That's very, very interesting because it's such a um, human behavior and human culture and how humans interact with one another. It's so untangible at times, right? It's a feeling or it's a mood and how do you, quantify and measure the intangible, right? Fantastic. When I went on on to the website, so when listeners, uh, if you want to check out his website, it's boostinnovation.io. So when a listener goes to boostinnovation.io and go into the tab about us, there's five core values that, that you have, which and I really enjoyed these values. Let's talk about that for a little while, and maybe the, the listeners can really get a feel for boost innovation.
2: Yeah, so the, the values of being driven by science, delivered with art, and being curious and growth-oriented. Uh, staying nimble is obviously huge in our ecosystem of, of the tech world, not, not having any, any large, bulky aspects to our organization doing better, being better, being real. These are all kind of things that probably come back to my dad a little bit, come back to people who've influenced me, and come back to really what I think leads to success. For me, I've always thought about the difference between having something that has impact and building something that has impact or being interesting as opposed to just building something or just having people... I guess, see what you're doing, but not be interested in what you're doing. And I think those values lead us to that. And most importantly, I think it leads us to an environment that's creative and, and free flowing and allows us to build in a space where there's no pressure or very limited pressure other than what I'm sure a lot of listeners can empathize with, which is the really fun pressure of raising money, which is a pressure that, that I get to exist under all the time.
1: Yes, and any of the startups that are listening can really feel that pain right now. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what it's all about—is raising that the, the the funds to be able to do what you want to do as a startup. That's a tough one. So I also noticed in the on the website that you help companies and organizations, but also sports people with with you know that want a better sports mentality. I guess.
2: Yeah. And and you know what, like we, we, our evolution over this past year driven by some investors or interested investors and driven by our internal work as we go through the development process, we've really just gone from, obviously with my sport background, really seeing this, this obvious and clear impact in sport, which is, which is one of the areas that I trained and consulted in a bunch in the original versions of the company. And then being like, well, just like a lot of things in sport, there's a ton of impact that this can have in the business world as well, in the areas of culture and performance. And then as we continue to do the work, as we continue to collect data and build different modeling and build software, realizing that, like, hang on a minute, this is this is human experience. This is this is beyond even that. This this is something that that we believe that can impact. So many aspects of day-to-day lives so many aspects of the economic world whether it's guest experience customer experience whether it's sales and and improving sales if it's a human experiencing something we we are trying to create novel ways to measure that using tech and it's been interesting for me just because i'm not a a technical founder so I went through these evolutions myself, just being terrified in the field, which I still am sometimes, especially when our CTO talks to me a lot about different <laughs> aspects of code or anything like that that maybe I'm not as familiar with. It. I, I, I get a little overwhelmed. But she's amazing in her role, and she supports me a ton in that. But then I started to realize like, I, need to, I need to stop being scared of being here. I had a mentor in tech who I still do, who really asked me why my goals are so small and that shifted us from feeling like we were going to create an app to wanting to ring the bell of the stock exchange and wanting to go public and wanting to create something that is that is truly different and goes beyond anything currently available when it comes to human experience and and I I guess, really, when when people ask me what we're doing now, it's it's that it's we're trying to we're not trying to become a category leader. We're we're building a category, which is this entirely new modern way of measuring human experience.
1: That's that's incredible measuring using tech. Human experience—you're measuring the human experience, measuring culture, <laughs> using tech—and that's that's wonderful. Like I said before, it's that intangible.
2: I, I was just gonna say too that I feel like kind of an arrogant ass every time I say that. Still, like to be honest, to be totally candid, like it, I always wonder who's listening and who is like, who does this guy think he is? And the it's not like I don't wonder those things or don't feel that way or don't second guess myself. It's just. I now constantly remind myself to stop to not care or to to not be concerned with the fact that some people will probably feel that way, and because of that, it got us away from just trying to measure culture to culture measurement being an outcome of something that is actually honestly. I, some days when I look at our, what our software is becoming, I I have a hard time even accepting that it's ours. Like it's 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 so cool and so interesting to look at every single day that even though i'm i'm definitely still concerned about coming off like i'm arrogant or i'm self-absorbed or anything like that i just kind of i look back over here at this monitor where the, where the software sits and i'm like well, that's just so cool i don't think i care and i and maybe that sounds arrogant too and I, I i hope that that's not how it comes off but i think that that evolution of how you see yourself as a founder is so hard like i'm going through it Now, every day, it's so hard. There's the there's the being afraid of failure part. And then there's being afraid of dreaming too big part. And then there's whatever comes next. I'm still in the kind of nervous about dreaming too big part.
1: And that's that part of the values of boost innovation, that being real. Do you know what I mean? Like, let's be real. Yeah, it is. It's a scary business. That whole driven by science, delivered by art. I really like that, too. Yeah, so that, that's exactly what you guys are doing. So when did you first get this idea that this could benefit people in organizations?
2: I, I think more than anything, it comes from the fact that like, how many times in your, forget your week or your month, your day, do we witness situations where people are being misunderstood, And not because they're talking face to face with one other person, they're being misinterpreted through text conversations, through emails, through FaceTime or Zoom calls. They're being misunderstood in how they react on a camera, in a TV show, in a video. They're being misunderstood in terms of how they answer questions on an employee engagement survey or how they answer feedback forms after going to a concert or buying a product. People are misunderstood all the time in a world where technology is available that can help us understand people in ways that are, that are so much more accurate. But yet we exist, particularly, for example, in the workplace, which is why culture was where we really started, in a situation where it's like organizations spend millions of dollars based on what a survey says, but most people lie or don't pay attention to those surveys. So if the survey says that we need to Spend a bunch more time increasing employee engagement or improving our inclusiveness factors, stuff like that. How do you know that that survey tool is even valid? Think about how you actually fill out surveys. It's total crap most of the time. And so for me, it was just like I worked in, in places that had not great workplace culture. We all have. And they all did those surveys. I've taught in institutions where student experience is terrible and every semester students do in a student experience feedback survey, and yet it doesn't change. And it's not because they're not allocating funds, they're not making decisions. It's not because they're not reading and reacting to the tools. It's because the tool is misunderstanding people or not collecting validly what it says it is. And I think after just seeing that so much, especially on the student experience side as a college teacher, it was like, I think that we can find better ways. And, and at first it was, we can train people to do things better. And then it was like, no, we got to go back to where we're actually learning about how people experience things and, and find a better way to measure it.
1: Interesting. Interesting. So how does it work a little? Can you get a little bit more into detail and, and give the listeners some guidance as to how you measure the immeasurable, <laughs> the, the intangible?
2: The basic way to look at it is think about a first impression. Everybody or the majority of people now, when you meet them, maybe not so much handshaking in today's day and age, but you'll, you'll get some kind of handshake, smile, that kind of thing. And they're going to say a lot of different things in that first conversation that are pretty boilerplate, pretty typical ask to ask about you. They're going to they're gonna ask how you're doing. And you'll have a little bit of like a small talk interaction in those first impressions. And... Almost nothing that person says is gonna be what helps you form your opinion of them. If you ask them how they're doing and they say good, you're not gonna be like, oh, this person's generally good. They're generally a happy person. No, that's not, that's not how our brains work. What we will do though is we'll look at how they stand, how they cross their arms, how their face moves. We will even react to micro expressions that we don't consciously see. And we'll form many of our opinions about that person based on those things over time. And furthermore, over time, we'll continue to base trust and vulnerability and authenticity and other relationship factors on how they behave, way more than the things they say. That's how most humans create their relationships, their impressions of each other, their interactions with each other, and how we how we build our our connection to parts of the world and our understanding of people. But yet when it comes to huge decisions that are worth so much money and so much emotional investment, and there's so much on the line, we let people click circles on a phone and an app or on a survey online, we don't read and react to behaviors. And the, the brass tacks of what our work is, is building software that allows us to measure more behaviors when we're asking questions, and not just the answer they give but how they act all the way down to micro-expressions while they're answering or while they're interacting with something or someone.
1: Very interesting, because I know our, our human braids, our subconscious, are very um, in tune with micro-expressions that don't match the words. That sometimes, you know, when you get a feeling of, uh, I don't know if this is just right, you know, it's because the words may be right or whatever, but the, the micro expressions don't match what's what's being said. So that's that's very interesting. Not to
2: mention the fact that now we interact with people through video cameras or web cameras way more than ever and, and how valuable is it to know how interested, how responsive, how engaged. How, how positive or negative someone feels about something in a meeting or a sales call or something like that when it's virtual in today's day and age, as opposed to asking them in a multiple choice question, did you feel this was an effective meeting? Nobody is gonna come out of their meeting with their boss when asked if it was an effective meeting and say, no, even if you tell them it's an anonymous survey, why would, why would you ever do that? It doesn't, there's no value. But you could say, I do feel this was an effective meeting, but if while you're answering that question on a web camera, where there's a there's a feedback loop that includes where the angles of your shoulders, the angles of the corner of your mouth, the angles of your eyes, eyebrows, different muscles in your cheeks, neck, that kind of thing, the technology's there to do it. We're harnessing it. And we're we're putting it into use in a very specific
1: direction. Almost reminds me of the the whole you know lie detector. <laughs> You know, yeah, it almost sounds like a sci-fi lie detector. That's kind of funny. That's kind of funny. What kind of entrepreneurs or businesses would be a good fit for this? I'm thinking it's one of those things where everybody needs it. It's like insurance. Everybody needs insurance. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. How do you go about figuring out what your ideal customer is?
2: Yeah, I just, that was actually like, I think that you, you just captured it better than any of us have in our marketing conversations where we're, we're really trying to get to that level where, to be honest, we, we want to be the gold standard in measuring how people feel about stuff. I'm sure the people that I work with on the marketing side are going to butcher me for using that like that. But it's, if you want to know how somebody feels about something, you're going to use our tech, period. Like that's, that's just where we want to be.
1: Wonderful. Wonderful. And so if somebody went to the website, they could easily find out how to get involved and how to reach out to you guys?
2: Yeah, like right there on the homepage you can you can book right into my calendar if you want and we can have a chat about it. A lot of our work right now cuz we're like I said we're hopefully near the end of this raise and we're in the middle of a lot of development and that kind of thing so we're 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 heavily invested in in making sure that we create some of those products that we're going to be able to put to market within the next 4 months or so. And all that being said, when you go to the website and contact us, most of what you'll get is is us creating a model a tool, um, an aspect of what we're doing based on where we're at right now that's specific to you. So not as much... In our in our world, everybody's like, Oh, what's your MRR? And it's not great. <laughs> we don't sell very much right now. We're building a lot right now. Um, but what that means is when a client comes in, they're getting something that's highly customized because it's wh- it's where whatever advancements we've made up to this point, you're getting it in your version.
1: Yes, yes. And each company is so different. I know with the the company that I work with, we're recently, we're right now working on KPIs, including KPIs, because we're a strategic, strategic company. We help you put your strategy, digitize it, and then monitor it. So it's a real time experience. You don't have to wait for those meetings, you know, the status meetings.
2: Well, what I I was going to say, just to kind of pick up on, on what you do is... This is one of the areas where I see our, our work being able to just kind of be magic in piggybacking on that, because all of a sudden that once you have the KPI in, based on individual behavior in a workplace, you can monitor that in real time based on how people are acting, whether or not they're achieving some of those KPIs when they're particularly oriented towards interactions with clients' interactions with each other. If one of your KPIs is Related to internal interaction, then you could measure that on an app from your phone that a manager, supervisor, owner can see in real time. Instead of being really reactive where it's 3 months down the road after you've sent out an engagement survey, now it's like, "Hmm, actually, today, we fell below this standard. So to start tomorrow in our huddle or whatever we're doing to start our day, we're going to directly address this now so we don't end up with weeks or months of this dragging us down.
1: And that, that's what I was going to say, the individuality of it all. So each each industry is individual, but each organization or company within that industry is so individual in terms of its strategic goals, its KPIs, and in terms of its culture. Do you know what I mean? And so, yeah, having to build your, your – you would have an, a SaaS product, right? So having to build your SaaS product to fit that company as individually as possible – That's a great, that's a great feat. And it's a good thing you guys do it. (laughs) I could really see how it could be useful. Very, very useful.
2: Well, I, I appreciate that. And I hope that somebody listening who has millions and millions of dollars to help us close out this round, feels the exact same way as you do.
1: (laughs) Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, I know. We've even, as a startup, Kadosi is is a startup too, that the SaaS product that I work for, you know, try going to those pitch events and try doing this and all that. And it's all about that raising money, right? I know just, we've got about uh, six minutes left here on our podcast, but just thinking about raising money, there's a, a person on that's involved with always goes to that lunch without lunch (laughs) for rainforest community but he's all about uh, getting people grants like you know grants for dev work and grants for marketing work and that type of thing and who he's aligned with is a company called pocketed and actually if you go to the pocketed website and you go about us and they introduce the whole team every single member of that team their salary is being paid for with a grant. And that's what got me. And so he's often on the rainforest, Lunch Without Lunch, and most other events too, just trying to help out new startups get their grant funds so they can do what what we all need to do, right? The dev work and the marketing work and that type of thing.
2: I think I'd actually, I had checked out Pocketed originally, might have even signed up with them after after hearing, someone from their talk at a at a lunch without lunch, if I remember correctly.
1: So to use up our extra time, we've got about four minutes left. Anything else that you would really like our listeners to know about you, your team, your company?
2: I just want, like I, I was talking to you before we came on the air about how awesome it is to have this community. And I, I, I'm not the most active community member. I'm going to give a shout out here to Adam so Casehole Buchanan because he, uh, he is super active in the rainforest communities he's a lunch without lunch regular as well and and i always feel as though i'm not a good member of the community because he's so active and i but i i do just appreciate the existence of it and what it brings to us and opportunities like this because i like a lot of us i know founders in other cities and other communities who don't have this and so anytime there's an opportunity to access being on a podcast or interacting at a lunch without lunch or anything like that it's really cool and and i think sometimes we we're now in Calgary at a point where we get almost kind of complacent, like this is just how it is, but it's it's not how it is. We're, we're really fortunate. So just wanted to express some appreciation for, for that, for sure.
1: I would definitely agree. It's, it's a great group of people. And I love that thing that you have to sign that, uh, what is it called? The uh, social contract, the social contract that you have to sign. Yeah. Yeah. That social contract is great because you know that anybody else within that rainforest community is abiding by the same rules and caring for one another. And that's a feeling that I really get from going to the Lunch Without Lunches and most of the other events that uh, everyone really does reach out for for everyone else. So this is great. With a couple of minutes left to go, we did this podcast with Ken King, who has a great team around him. If you want to go to boostinnovation.io, check out his team that he has around him. It's a fantastic team. And definitely check out the website, really well organized. You'll be able to find whatever information you need. And like I said at the beginning of the of the podcast, he just might be your new best friend because he'll help you with those, narrowing down those problems that nobody else kind of is able to see or or measure or understand. And it will probably affect your bottom line for sure. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you on the next podcast.
0: If you haven't already, visit RainforestAB.ca and sign the Rainforest Social contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social-barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode was brought to you by New Idea Machine. If you need software developers or you need software developed, New Idea Machine can make your ideas real. Visit newideamachine.com to learn more. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com.